Yo, welcome to the Culture Cut Up, where I, your host, Ma, will break down everything under the sun when it comes to pop culture, from movies, shows, music, and any other industry news. Make sure you follow the channel if you like the content. Now let's get into it. As you can tell by the intro music, we're going to be talking about Coming to America too. So, spoiler warning if you haven't seen it and if you still want to, turn back now. We return to Zamunda 33 years after Akeem, played by Eddie Murphy, tied the knot with Lisa McDowell, played by Sherry Headley. The duo from the original movie now parents three girls, and the oldest of which is being prepped for an arranged marriage. They make it very clear early on that the throne of Zamunda must be passed down to a male heir, meaning Eddie Murphy's daughter, who had been groomed for the position since she was young, was unable and unfit to fulfill it. We're introduced to Wesley Snipes, who's portraying General Izzy, and if I'm honest, it's pretty out of his element to see him in a comedy role. You know, I think of Wesley Snipes, and I think of Blade or New Jack City, and so to see him as an African warlord was pretty strange. But... He was offering his son up to Eddie Murphy's daughter for the throne of Zamunda. His son was pretty whack though, like he didn't even make it to the daughter before Akeem had to deny him. So once they ended up leaving the castle or whatever, um, Akeem goes to talk to his father, the mighty Mufasa, because you know, James Earl Jones, cause why not? And if I'm honest, I didn't even know he was alive still. Like he was old in the first movie and now he's older, like he's probably pushing 100, but James Earl Jones tells him that there's this prophecy that once he dies, Hakeem's going to be assassinated, which will leave the throne of Zamunda defenseless because they don't have a male heir to pass it on to. But boom, bam, bow, and the old decrepit witch doctor had to let him know, like, no, you do. You got a bastard son in America. And Semi, played by the legendary Arsenio Hall, let them, had to let him know that he basically set him up when they were in uh, Queens before. We get this dope flashback to the club where Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy were out mingling trying to find his queen and queens. Name is Jesus, and I'm the best. All the DJs want to feel my breath. I've been watching you all evening. And I want to tear you apart. And your friend too. They use the de-aging effects pioneered by Marvel in this to bring Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy back to the 80s so that they can justify Leslie Jones being his baby mama. So they start their journey to America to find Akeem's bastard son, and while they do, they make sure to keep their eye out for the... Thunderbird! 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 Before they leave, though, King Joffy Joffer decides that he wants to have his funeral while he's alive. And if that ain't the most egotistical thing I've ever heard of in my life, I don't know what is. But at his funeral, they had just about everybody in here. Morgan Freeman. They had Gladys Knight, Salt and Pepper. Like, everybody came through for it. But then the king dies at his own funeral. I kid you not, standing up in his own casket. But it's from there that Akeem decides he has to go back to Queens to get his kid. Akeem finds his son, Lavelle Johnson, played by the up-and-coming Jermaine Fowler outside of Madison Square Garden, hustling tickets. And he basically brings him back to his apartment where Leslie Jones confirms that this could possibly be the be his dad because apparently she was a Rolling Stone back in the day getting around. But 
Um, from there, they bring them back to Zamunda, where it turns into your basic fish-out-of-water scenario where he has to adjust to Zamunda. They basically begin grooming him to become the prince one day, and General Izzy, hearing about this, decides to offer up his daughter, played by the beautiful Tiana Taylor. Oh my gosh, I had to pause the movie. She came through stepping, let me just say that. But, um... He offers his daughter up to Jermaine as his possible queen. And, you know, he's about it at first until he realizes that she's brainless, pretty much. They basically began to reuse the same content from the first movie and him not being interested in a girl without brains. Because, as Hakeem once said, he wants a woman who can arouse his intellect as much as his loins. While he was getting accustomed to the Zamundan ways, he began to fall for the royal groomer, and she had basically let him know that she had aspirations to become a barber. However, she was restricted by her country's laws because women were not allowed to start businesses. She had also helped him with his trials to earn his princely name. She helped him realize that he didn't necessarily need brawn, but just a little bit of courage and brains. We end up being at a party the night before Lavelle and Tiana Taylor were supposed to get married and he finds out he was a pawn to Hakeem for political gain so that his country wasn't basically left in disarray uh, once he was assassinated. Man, I sound like Obama on here. My fellow Americans. Uh, uh. But Lavelle and the royal groomer end up eloping back to a queen so that they can get married. After finding out about that, Akeem ends up going to Queens to bring him back because he had a realization after talking to Cleo McDowell, played by John Amos, but he had a realization about who he was and why he had made the decisions he did before he became king, referring to like the first movie and him having a whole conscience and whatnot. He basically lets his son know that he's willing to let him be his own man because he knows what that feels like. While he was away from Zamunda, he left Semi or Senio Hall to defend his family from General Izzy, the one and only Wesley Snipes. Like, that ain't Blade or something. <laughs> Arsenio Hall came through with a bow staff looking like somebody auntie or something. <laughs> and though Arsenio Hall gets the hands, the daughters come through kicking ass so that they can hold the country down. And this is where Eddie Murphy's oldest daughter earned her stripes, letting everybody know that she is just as worthy and just as capable as any other dude. But Akeem ends up convincing his son to come back to Zamunda to marry his wife because they had the whole kumbaya moment or whatever. And we have this big celebration where we get the one and only Randy Watson, known as Sexual Chocolate, coming out. <laughs> At this big celebration, we find out that Eddie Murphy's Akeem character ended up changing the laws in Zamunda to be more equal towards women, and he allows his daughter to become the ruler of Zamunda and his son to be uh, basically representative to America. But now that we got the whole summary out of the way, let me let you know how I feel about it. If I'm being real, this whole movie just feels like a byproduct of Hollywood's nostalgic addiction rather than a needed add-on for a sequel, you know? Much less a sequel to one of the greatest movies of all time. And overall, it just feels like they're trying a little bit too hard, whether it's for the jokes 
or to push the narrative and lessons that it's trying to teach as well. At every turn, it like blatantly avoids using original content so that it can relate back to the original movie and give us our nostalgia kick. It felt like a checklist of how many things from the original that could fit into this one. And though everybody loves the original, it prevents this movie from creating its own identity, and so it just kind of stops it from being needed. But it became a lot more bearable on my second watch. But overall, it just feels like this movie was carried by a star-studded cast rather than its writing and actual plot. One thing that I do absolutely love about this movie, though, is that it was unapologetic in its blackness, 100%. When we, when we ended up meeting Lavelle, we even see this Target uh, ad, and it says Black Beyond Measure, and they kept that all throughout this movie. Well, Black Hollywood came out 100% for this. They had everybody, Rick Ross, Michael Blackson, Salt and Pepper, Trevor, Trevor Noah, Tracy Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Gladys Knight, and the list goes on and on. But here on the channel, we like to rate whatever we talk about on a three-tier basis. Top tier being fly, the middle, crooked, needs some work, and eh, it's whatever. And the last being cut it. It just needs to not be made. So if I was to rate this one, I'm I'm glad I've seen it. And it doesn't it completely deserve to be cut, but it doesn't live up to the original whatsoever. So it's pretty crooked to me. So that's where I'm going to leave it for right now. Thank you for coming through to show some love for the content and make sure you follow the channel and keep your eye out for any new releases. I'm your host, Amon, and I'll catch you later on the Culture Cut Up. Peace.